0: Welcome to the Rooted Deep Podcast. I am your co-host, Mr. Carl Born Jr. And
1: I'm your co-host, Paula Chang. We're really excited that you joined us here for fresh new content each and every week that we get to share not only the stuff that we're learning but we also get to help you learn new things. Each and every week we pick a book and we talk about some topics from that book and talk about how not only it's helped us enhance our lives, but how it could also help you enhance your life so that you get to be the person you're meant to be and reach your potential. We hope that you are able to receive not only what you wanted to get from this, but we also get to help somebody else's life change. So give this like, share, subscribe, share it out to your friends. Just help everybody know that they too can enhance their life.
0: what's going on family welcome to another episode of the rooted deep podcast once again i am your co-host mr carl Bourne, jr and i got my guy mr O ching here with me um last week we finished up the last portion of aspire in the book ego is the enemy and this week guys we're just gonna hop right into it we're going to dive into part two success and we're gonna cover the first half of that and then next week we will be finishing that up before we move on to our final part of the book part three which is failure um so before we even get started, bro, how, how are you? How was your week?
1: My week was fine. Um, it was a lot more productive than I originally anticipated it was going to be. Um, officially, officially started my journey to PT school with my shadowing hours. I got to face an uh, impatient, acute setting that was nice that was interesting uh, found out it's not for me <laughs> <laughs> um it's good work, it's all trial bro. and error bro it's definitely all trial and error um that's some really good people some very talented talented professionals mm-hmm. and um was able to learn some some techniques i never thought about they definitely opened up my eyes into Different things I'm looking at in the profession, you know, um, especially, especially like I never thought about it before. Just looking at like doing research, falling in, I'm a research guy. So that didn't speak well to me at first. however, after talking to a couple of therapists, it, it opened my eyes a little bit in understanding the purpose behind. It. And once I caught the purpose behind it, why I should look for a place, maybe. It, it opened my mind a little more,
0: so it been a good week, man. How about yours? Well, that's awesome. Yes. Man. I'm happy to hear that, bro. My week was pretty good. It was hectic. It was my first week, my first official week of PT school. And let me just tell you, man, it is a beast. So prepare yourself now because once it gets here, it just – it just smacks you in the face. It comes at you full force, no warning. Um, but I am definitely loving everything that I've been learning. in in my, my, especially in my anatomy courses, I always really did enjoy anatomy, just like in high school and even in college and when I took my prereqs. But it's just so awesome to be able to see how the body functions and just how the body is composed and everything. And it, even though, it, you know, it will be a challenge and some days will feel longer than others, I'm happy. And I know that I am exactly where I want to be. I know that this is the vehicle that's going to allow me to be able to achieve the goals that I have set out for myself, and I'm just trying to enjoy the process right now and take care of, you know, everything that I have to do. So, my week was pretty good. My week was pretty good. So, thanks for asking, bro. It's
1: good, man. I hear uh, PT schools like drinking out of a fire hydrant. just keeps coming and coming and coming. (laughs) That is probably
0: one of the most accurate depictions of PT school that there is out there. It is definitely like trying to drink out of a fire hydrant. You just, there's no way you're going to get all of that water. But you just try to get as much as you can and, and, you know, you make it work. And it's a lot that's being thrown at you in the two to two and a half years or, you know, however long the program is for um, different students. But it's what you worked hard for. So you take pride in that and you do what you have to do to make sure you are successful. So, yeah. But all right. Let's go ahead. We won't delay any further, guys. We're going to hop right into the book. So the first chapter, let's talk about it. Always stay a student. Man. So if you guys have been following from the beginning of the podcast, you know that we highlighted on a chapter that was about being a student and that was when we were in the portion of the book that was about aspire you know aspiring to develop into the person that you want to be and now that we're in the portion of success the student being a student it it, it transitions into always staying a student and that is so important because a lot of people myself included we tend to get at a certain point in our lives whether that be in something that we're really good at um something that we have been practicing over the course of a, a couple months or a couple years or whatever the case may be and we get to a point where we feel like all right you know i i, I made it i i got this And the crazy thing about it is we don't realize that what happens is sometimes we let our ego get in the way there. And once that occurs, we really do ourselves a disservice towards our learning. I know in the book, one of the great quotes that I read in the chapter, it was talking about uh just knowledge and it said as our island of knowledge grows so does our shore of ignorance and that was pretty powerful to me because when you think of it it really means that as we continue to win as we continue to accomplish things Every victory and every advancement, it makes us wiser. But on the other hand, it also presents something that we've never experienced before. You know, similar to the saying, um, every new level, there's a new devil. You know what I mean? And it takes a special type of humility to grasp that you know less, even as you know that you're grasping more and more and i think myself i was pretty convicted because i just kind of thought of different instances in my life where i didn't want anybody to tell me anything you know like i'm good i don't i don't need you to to pitch in your two cents i already got this covered i've been working on this and it it It's just a very big pride and ego problem that we struggle with because being human beings, we are so programmed to believe, especially in today's society, that we have it all together. And I think that's what really can mess with us because we don't realize that In the society we're in, in today's society, we have a lot of people that get off track because of what they see on social media. So-and-so is always posting all these nice videos and pictures. They're out on vacation and, you know, why doesn't my life look like that? And it kind of adds to that level of feeling like you don't want anyone to tell you anything. Like you have it all figured out. But the fact of the matter is, is that you don't, we don't have it all figured out. You know, with every accomplishment, there comes a growing pressure to pretend that we know more than we do. And it makes us pretend we know everything. Uh <laughs> it it made me think about just different instances where I've seen people claim that they are some expert on a certain topic and they know everything about it. They know it inside and out, like the back of their hand. But then once you really get to talking to them about it, you can kind of see that there's, there's some gaps that need to be filled in. But that's just the the ego side of things that makes us think, I need to have this persona that I have it all together. I need other people to see that I have it all figured out, (laughs) when in reality, nobody has it all figured out. We're all still growing. We're all still learning, which is why we have to continuously be students. You have to learn from everyone, you have to learn from everything, every goal that you reach, every goal that you don't reach, every bit of success, every bit of failure, there's always a lesson in it. And the second that we let our ego tell us that we've graduated or that we've arrived, that's where our learning is going to stop. You know, the book said, the amateur is defensive, but the professional is humble And they even find favor in a challenge in not knowing everything. There's never a point where you stop learning. You know, the day that you decide you've learned enough is the day that your growth stops. And ultimately, it's the day that you kill your success and you stop yourself from growing into the man or woman that you have worked so hard to eventually become so I just thought this chapter was just amazing because you go from okay I need to be a student I need to learn I need to be in a role where I can have someone above me who can teach me mold me mentor me you know you always hear if you're the smartest person in the room then you're you're in the wrong room because you wanna be somewhere where you're gonna continuously grow. That's how you challenge yourself. That's how you live a life worth of value and you impact other people. Um, So it it was just a really powerful chapter for me, Paul. And I just think it's something that everybody listening can relate to in, in some form or another.
1: I was I was literally about to expound on something you just said there at the end, um, but since you said it, I'm just gonna touch on it and move on to a different point. But what what I was gonna talk about is, um, like you said, if you are in if you are the smartest person in the room, you are the wrong in the wrong room. I like to think about it like, what's the whole purpose of us having a mentor? or going to school or learning anything really is that we we require somebody that has already been through the process, that knows what's required to teach us and lead us through so that we can learn. The difference is the ones that, ooh, you're going to love this, the ones that stand out the most are the ones that find that way to always be a student. So let me start right here. Kawhi Leonard, it's finals time. So we're gonna talk about basketball again. And for Here those of you who are tired of me talking about basketball. Here we go, go ahead. I, I don't care. To <laughs> Let's talk <laughs> about Kawhi for a second. Kawhi Leonard is in the National Basketball Association, plays for the Raptors. And one could argue that he's a fairly great player, right? One could argue that he's a fairly great player. So, why would a man of his caliber need to learn anything more? I mean, he's in the league. He's somewhere a lot of people aspire to be. He, he is succeeding. Not only that he is a superstar, for more or less words. He is a, he's a star on his team. People think the Raptors, they think Kawhi. He was on the Spurs. People thought the Spurs, they thought Kawhi and company. So what, why would he have to learn? But what did Kawhi do? The summer before Kawhi left us, like, by us, I mean the Spurs, the Spurs Um So this would be, I forgot the exact year. But he, Kawhi and Russell Westbrook, both took the summer training with Kobe Bryant, right? Now, they're all in the same league. They're all in the same playing field they're all stars on their team. Russell's a monster, Kawhi is a monster, Kobe was and still is a monster. But Kawhi and Russ were taking time to learn from Kobe. The reason is, is they have that student mentality. Now obviously you can see the differences between Kawhi and Russell, but they have that student mentality. They have what it takes to win because they're always like, no, I could do this better. I could learn more. I could take it to the next level. and like I said before, there's always levels to everything. Like you get to the next level and you find out, oh, it's a whole lot harder. You want to make money? Make money. But once you get a lot of money, that next level, they're paying a bigger, bigger game. I don't know if, um, I think you saw it, but I just started following. Shout out to Zane, the analyst. I just started following him on the ground. And he's been dropping. Zane, shout out Zane. <laughs> shout out to Zane. He's been dropping these gems, but he dropped this gem um, earlier last week about, um, I think that the proper legal term is accredited investors. And he was talking about how Kobe and LeBron, I mean not Kobe, my mercy. Beyonce and LeBron were able to cash out. So um, Beyonce cashed out, put six million into Uber, got back 30 something million. LeBron put um, some some, some money into blaze got back a whole bunch, right? Why are they able to make that money? Think about it. They're not the smartest person in the room when it comes to their finances. I mean, they're pretty smart. They've done things that got there. Most of the time, hustle will get you to a place you want to get to, right? But once you get to that place, they've understood that they just can't start calling the shots. So they had all the requirements to fit this accredited investor bubble, right? But they got, the sp- they got the right people, right? So they got people like Zane in their corner who told them, "Yo, because you make such and such amount, because you fit this criteria, you can put this in now before everybody else, so that when the company goes public, you're gonna get back ten times, twenty times, thirty times on your investment." That only happens by being by being a student. So let me bring this back to let me bring this back to Kawhi. So Kawhi spends that summer. Training with Kobe, learning to get better, learning to get better on defense. Because best offense is a good defense. He learned, learned to get better on defense. By becoming better on defense, he got better on offense. Now look at Kawhi. He went from a team that was solid 100%, got to the finals, got to the playoffs consistently, had a winning season, finishing top eight every single year. And he went to a team that was struggling to get to the playoffs, I was struggling to get to the Eastern Conference Finals. And because of what he learned as a student with Kobe, now he's carried a whole team and he's brought the right pieces with him to get them to where they are right now. Now, will they get swept? That's irrelevant. But the point is, because of that student mindset, Kawhi is able to carry the Raptors. And I guarantee he's always learning. I mean, you look at his post-game interviews, right? People ask him these tough questions. He's just like, it's just time to look to game three, time to look to game four, time to look to game two. Let's learn from this game, see what happened next. It's, it's nothing cocky. It's just knowing that humble yourself and relax, and you'll stay a student, and then you always win. And the other part of that too, in the book, they talked about not telling stories. I think the not telling stories portion requires a sense of realistic humility. Because when we te- when we start to narrate our own stories, we give ourselves the freedom, the unfortunate freedom, to start creatively landing on conclusions or creatively landing on places that we want to be, but those places may not align with where our life is currently going. For example, I wanna I wanna run a sub two hour marathon but I'm out here running miles that are like 11, 12 minutes. If I tell myself, yeah, I'm about to run this joint, but I'm not doing what it takes to get there, right? My work ethic is not reflected in the words I'm sharing with the world. I, I, I create a life of fiction, and it's easy to fall into that trap and pretend that you start to live that great life, right? So going back to like even how you're talking about, I don't know if you've ever seen it, But I remember there was a time, and I'm so glad this is dying off now, but there was a time where people would get on Instagram, and they'd, like, just flex. They'd flex hard, right? This is the life I'm living. I mean, uh, who was it? Was it Bow Wow that got caught, like, flexing on the plane? Yeah, and they made, like, the Bow Wow Challenge, yep. yep. Exactly. (laughs) And it's like, because he created this narrative of, yeah, I'm living in this, this luxurious life. You almost start to think that that's exactly what I'm doing. You start convincing yourself that that's exactly what I'm doing, and that stops you from working hard because now you're like, as long as other people can see, this is where I'm at, and they're not aware, this is where I'm at. All right, those two different places. You you can you can you can you can almost get away with living that fictitious life, but that fictitious life will catch up with you one day, because one day. You're gonna to flex too hard, and somebody in that tax bracket is gonna be like, "All right, put your money where you're not." This, you know.
0: Wow, wow, that that's real, bro. That is real, and it, it, it really does connect with with the the next chapter, which you you know you you briefly highlighted on with, don't tell yourself a story. And this one, this one right here is something that everybody has done at some point in their life. And I know the chapter began and it talked about uh, Bill Walsh, who was the, the coach for the 49ers uh, back in 1979. And it talked about the fact... huh?
1: Just,
0: I think one of the best teams that that team back then or right now no back
1: then not right now okay oh they, okay. they yeah, yeah okay
0: I'm just making sure I'm just yeah. making sure okay <laughs> but um coach coach Wallace basically took the 49ers from being the worst team in the NFL to winning a Super Bowl within three years and they were talking about the fact that when the reporters went to ask him you know uh did he expect this was going to happen was this was was this his plan all along his response was no and <laughs> i have seen so many sports interviews where you have coaches that just completely hype their team up and they Create this narrative, like they were this genius, and this was their master plan all along. I knew we were gonna get here. I told them from the beginning of the year that this was our year, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And it's like in some instances, okay, I believe maybe somewhere along the way you might have said, Hey guys, we we have a chance to go pretty far. But I highly doubt that you knew 100% how your story was going to pan out from start to finish. You know what I mean? And the crazy thing, the interesting thing about telling a story is when you write your own narrative, it leads to such a level of arrogance. Because in your mind, you think, I deserve to be here. I knew I was going to be here. That goes right back to not being a student. You're Mr. Know-it-all. You had this all planned out. This is what you expected. Matter of fact, since we're talking about Kawhi, because I'm not a Raptors fan or a Spurs fan, um, there was a game seven last week when they played Philly. And I don't know if anybody on here or anybody listening watched it, but basically he shot the ball at the end of the game and the ball hit the rim, went up, bounced, and it fell in. Anybody who watched that game can say that was a pretty lucky shot the way it bounced the, the, the way it it went through the net that was a pretty lucky shot in the interview <laughs> when she asked Kawhi you know what did he think about the shot he's like oh you know I, I I've been practicing <laughs> I've been practicing that shot you know so much and it's so you so you've been practicing that that exact for the shot to go in that exact way you know what i mean like it, it's just the the narrative he was kind of creating but we suck that stuff up so much like we we eat it up we live for a good story we live for the the overnight success stories and this person came from nothing And they're self made, and that's not to take away from anybody who did come from the ground up, who came from nothing you know, who is self made. But the fact of the matter is, when you create this narrative and you create this story where you paint yourself to be this hero, it puts your ego at a pretty dangerous level. And when we achieve our own, we have to resist the desire to pretend that everything unfolded exactly as we planned. Because it doesn't. It never happens. Nothing ever happens 100% how you want it to happen. I got into PT school. I expected that I was going to go back to school in 2017, when I started back, take my prereqs. I was going to take my core science classes. I was going to apply to start school in 2018. And I was going to be on my way. It did not happen like that. I ended up having to drop my chem with qualitative analysis class because it was six weeks. It was accelerated way too fast. And my teacher wasn't the best teacher. I ended up having to take trigonometry, which <laughs> listen, y'all, I am not a math person at all. I still
1: get triggered just learning about trigonometry.
0: Yeah, man, I, I got chills as I said that word. But I had to take trigonometry just in order to take physics one, which I had no idea. So things didn't go as planned. In fact, it ended up setting me up to have to apply to start school in 2019, which I'm blessed to be able to do so now. But when anyone asked me, I never paint this picture or tell a story like I knew I knew it was going to be exactly like this. Don't get me wrong. I knew I was going to get into school. But that's just because of the amount of work and sacrifice that I put into the process. But I knew that it was not going to go 100% by the book, the way I planned it out, the way I wrote it down, the way I envisioned it in my mind. Because none of us have that capability to just know 100% how everything's going to go. Life happens. Things happen. So Do yourself a favor, make it about the work and principles behind it, and not about a glorious vision that makes a good headline or makes a good story. Because at the end of the day, yes, people love a good story, people will eat it up, but you're going to inflate your ego and you're going to crash and burn when you least expect it. So, Stray away from telling stories and trying to make yourself something that you're not. You don't need to portray yourself to be somebody that you know you're not, which is something that people struggle with, you know? Like people real deal struggle with that. You go out, you wanna make sure that you got the freshest outfit on or or you know you you got the nice car you got the nice jewelry whatever the case may be why because you want people to see you you want people to know i'm the man or i'm the woman for my ladies listening but 9 times out of 10 these are people that you don't even really care for or vice versa so we're in this never-ending cycle where we're focused on impressing people that we don't respect or we don't really value. And it's the same thing as telling the story. You're painting this narrative that you you, you got this and you got that. What's the saying, bro, when they say don't go broke trying to look rich? You know what I mean? Like, um, I know a different thing. But tell me that what, what, what's the what's the what, oh it, yours isn't family friendly? It's okay, not family friendly, but it
1: gets the same point across.
0: We'll talk about that one when we get off the air. <laughs> um, <laughs> but no, seriously, guys, like, do yourself a tremendous favor and cut the stories out. Cut cut the bull. You know, stop exaggerating just to make yourself look better just get to work let your work speak for itself and everything will turn out exactly the way it should the chips will fall in the right place so don't be a storyteller
1: I'm going to be one of those pundits real quick that blame society for where we are in life today, just for a second. Um, You know, I think it's, um, it's almost sad how far somebody is willing to go to impress somebody that won't even remember their name. Facts it's terrifying how how easy it is to get distracted and you know what's what's insane is these are are life lessons that i'm sure parents guardians older siblings cousins friends figures in our lives have probably passed on to a lot of us but because of where we probably are at that point in our life we just let it go in one ear and out the other and I think it starts with having that first taste of victory. Right. That first taste of joy. That first taste of knowing what it's like to be at the top. Because once you win, right, once you win, everybody starts gunning after you. Everybody starts wanting to be where you are. Everybody starts pushing to have what you have, and it's there at the top that you really cannot afford to have a big ego, a big detrimental ego, you can't afford because you're gonna find yourself doing some insane things that you normally wouldn't do just to be at the top or just to stand up, right? Um, I'll use this example and i realize my examples are just all over the place today but i don't know how many of y'all are familiar with the uh, comedian movie star actor you know philanthropist activist kevin hart but in one of his uh stand-up um sets he talks about the time where him and his son went to a birthday party at disneyland with another one of his friends Right. And, you know, obviously this finishes out of the tagline where like, I got to check my account cause I got my own money and my savings and I got to move into checking it's going to take like, a few business days. But the point is, it comes down to, um, how when they get there, his friend literally rented out the whole park for the afternoon and Kevin realizes he is not in the same bracket the problem was this was happening while he was rising to fame right so he's making a little more money than he used to um you know he's out there in the club popping bottles they get bottles he gets bottles they get tables he gets tables they get promiscuous women he gets promiscuous women and all this but then like they get to this um, place where he realizes he's not in the same bracket. He, he cannot afford it would not be wise for him to start behaving the way his friend is behaving just to keep up with his friend, keep up with the Joneses, try to show off like he still got it. Because he probably could have had rent out the parking money, but that might have been rent out the parking money, and now there's no more groceries for the year. But yeah, people get caught up in these instances where they'll do these things because they have it in the now, not even realizing that the person they're with Probably can afford to do that, and I'll just I'll give very honest opinion. I used to have one of those friends. This is why I stopped hanging out with like super wealthy people. This is why. This is literally why. Cause I used to have a friend who was like, I mean, we're still friends, but I I try to keep our physical um, interactions to a minimum because he was like He is crazy rich, like insanely. And I realized, and this actually I think they talk about this in the book, where you have to we have to resist, um, you have to resist the impulse to reverse engineer success from other people's viewpoint from other people's stories. Because I remember um, this friend would tell me stuff like, let's go pay more, let's go do this, let's go do that. Um I'm gonna go buy a car today, I'm gonna buy a boat. And I'm just like, I'm just trying to Meet with this Taco Bell, and you talking about let's go buy a boat. Like, how does that help me? And internally, you know, I feel the inadequacy because at the time I did not have the confidence in myself, I did not have the sense of purpose, I did not know what I wanted, and I did not remain focused on executing my own excellence. Right? I just thought that if I can reverse engineer that person's success, perhaps I can write my own story the same way because they got it so obviously because I'm because ooh because I'm in the same circle as them because they're in my top five. Suddenly just by like osmosis I can suddenly reach the same level of success. If I just flex hard enough. I struggled with this. I struggled this hard. I spent a lot of money, wasted a lot of money because I was just trying to write my story based on the success of that other person. Based on what they had. Not taking into consideration that every single person has their own story to tell. Everybody has their own path. Everybody has their own purpose. And your purpose is just as important as somebody else's purpose, even if your financial status is separated by millions. It doesn't make your purpose any less important. But back to the point. When you start winning, everybody starts gunning for your position because now they want what You have. But this is where you have to take an audit of where you are and what it took to get there. The book mentions that the things you did to become successful might not necessarily be the same things you have to do to remain successful. If you take an audit of how you got to the top and understand that stuff is not what's going to keep you up there, because now there's levels to it. So once you get to a new level, you gotta start doing new things to maintain that success and climb even more. That's how you win. But I think, you know, when people get caught up in just wanting to keep up with everybody, wanting to show off, wanting to feel accepted, and that, that acceptance could come from an array of different things. But wanting to feel that acceptance from anybody so that you can almost feel whatever Whole, and I'm sorry if this is coming across harsh to anybody but you want to fill whatever hole it that is that's lacking that self-love whatever's lacking that self-acceptance whatever that's lacking whatever is lacking that self-belief you're gonna find yourself in a place where you might not be able to climb bottom simply because you started flexing and you never stopped you started pushing to show that you had things you did not have it's it's a hard place to do it's a hard place to be and part of that really matters. And I know I know I tell people all the time, you know, you are the sum of the tough five like, people around you, but you also have to understand that I mean Carl, you can almost attest to this, especially being in PC school. It's like, yeah, you are the sum of the tough five like, people you surround yourself with, but you also have to be very intentional about who is in your circle. Because one wrong element will knock off the whole thing.
0: Definitely. Yeah, I I can definitely relate to that, bro. I think I have learned to become so conscious of just who I let around me that it's kind of second nature. You know, I I always tell people, well, the ones that are closest to me know I am very big on vibes. And I feel like I can step in a room and I know right away, like, if you are someone that is going to give off good vibes to me or not. Like, I've literally stepped in a room before and I was like, whoa, this doesn't feel right. You know what I mean? And I've been around people where their energy is contagious and you just want to keep them around you. But then I've also been around people that they are draining and it's kind of like Ugh get away from me. <laughs> you know what I mean? But yeah, man, I I I definitely feel that a hundred percent. And I think that also ties into the other chapter about what is important to you because a lot of times going back to what I previously said about how we tend to want to impress people who, you know, they really don't mean that much to us or vice versa. I think that is part of, you know, what's important to you. You know, like, is the opinion of someone who you don't truly respect, Is that more important to you than your own opinion of yourself? You know, we say out of greed or vanity that we think yes will help us achieve more. So a lot of times we say yes. We say yes to hanging out with people who, you know, may not necessarily have our best interest in mind because of because of what FOMO you know fear of missing out you know or we decide to waste time doing things we don't like to prove ourselves to people we don't respect and get things we don't want you know and there is always someone like just like that J. Cole song where he talks about love yours and he he talks about you know it's always going to be you know, someone with a better car than yours, you know, or fresher clothes than you, you know, or a better looking significant other than you, you know, you're never going to be truly happy until you love what's yours. And that just ties in with what's important to you. Because with your ego, sometimes you get caught up in looking at what Cindy is doing And, oh, Cindy, man, her life is amazing. She looks like she has it all. Just because of what? Because of her post on IG? You know, because every time you look at her snaps, she looks like she's partying and and everything's all good. That doesn't mean anything. People put on a facade all the time. And it's like, as soon as we stop Falling into the trap of falling in love with other people's lives over the life that we have will be so much better off. I know in the book, and this this is was the 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 word of the day for me when I when I read it. But in the book, there was a word, and forgive me if I pronounce it wrong, but it's uh, I think it's euthmia or euthmia. But it's spelled E-U-T-H-Y-M-I-A, if you guys want to look it up. And the Greek word, the meaning of it is to sense our own path and how to stay on it without getting distracted by all others that intersect it. But just simply in English, it means tranquility. And for me, that was so critical Because what that word represents is being at peace with your life. Being at peace in your own skin. Being at peace with your own goals. Your own mission. Your own purpose. Because we so often get distracted by what others are doing. And it throws us off our game. Even when I was... Waiting to get into school, you know, I was going through that. There were points where I had people that were in the uh, pre physical therapy success program with me, and people getting interviews left and right, people getting accepted left and right. And I'm like, damn, when is it going to be my time, you know? And I allowed myself to get distracted. And I stopped focusing on the things that I could control. And I started worrying about things that were outside my realm of control. And it it really threw me off my game. But as soon as I brought it back in, and I started worrying about what was important to me, my ego let go of what was going on for other people. And it wasn't anything from like a jealous or or spiteful standpoint, but it's just when you work so hard for something, you want to see it come through. You want to see things fall into place. And so when you don't, it's very, very easy to get in your own head, which is also one of the previous chapters that we went over before with getting in your own head. You see how you guys see how ego is is a, a multifaceted thing. Um you know, but you really just have to find out what matters to you because at the end of the day, just like we even address with purpose and passion, when you find out what's important to you, when you find out your purpose, your purpose will precede your passion. Because your purpose is gonna fuel you to do something that's bigger than yourself as opposed to your passion, which is gonna be self-centered um so I'm just really loving this book and and, and how everything is just kind of in encircled in it's like a Venn diagram, you know like everything just is, is connected somehow and so that that chapter on what's important to you was another very good one that um just really stuck out to me and I know the last one that was the first part of success was the ti- or the chapter on entitlement control and paranoia um, but I- I'll let you share your thoughts bro on on, on what's imp- the, what's important to you chapter if you want or the entitlement but that was just spot on straight gems out of that chapter.
1: Um, I don't think I could add on anything to, to that portion. You you said it best um, just knowing what's important to you and pushing after that. Letting your purpose precede your passion. Just push after what's important to you and doing the things that you need to do to to get there. Um, with the with the last chapter, I want to talk about control for a second. Um control in the sense that I think when we feel inadequate or ill-prepared, I think that's when we become more controlling. Because that lack of ability makes us wanna have just be able to dictate how everything around us will function so that we can get our desired outcome. Um, but I feel like that control can become paralyzing. It can turn into perfectionism. It can, in a leadership position, it could turn into like micromanaging. Um, they can turn into paranoia. You stop trusting people to be able to do their job. You stop trusting people to be able to pull through on their end. Um, you start checking in on, okay, Let me do this. Let me do that. Or if you're not gonna do it right, you start saying things like, "Well, if you want something done right, you should do it yourself." First, at first, um, I think ego, ego, ego makes you reject any sort of compromise, Um, and it leads you to that phase of like just unmovable control because you get stuck in. I need to do this um, on my terms. It doesn't matter what anybody else says to have a high water, this will get done my way. It's gonna be the highway for everybody else. Um and you just have to be able to you have to be able to check yourself because ego will make you want it all. Ego doesn't have an abundance mindset, ego will make you want it all day in and day out. And then you start becoming the crazy man that's watching people on the porch when you're like Katie, because you didn't have inside you to let other people get a turn. let other people teach you. But let other people have a chance to fail or learn. With success comes dangerous delusions. With success comes entitlement. With success comes that paranoia. With success comes that need to control. And you just have to be able to lower your ego, humble yourself to let life happen the way it's supposed to be happening. That's my piece on that, shorted.
0: man, I don't even have anything to add, bro. You just mic drop. (laughs) That was a serious mic drop moment right there. Um, But I, I, I really hope that you guys are internalizing the things that we are talking about, because it's real stuff. And it's stuff that you really can apply to your life to Make things better, you know, to keep your ego in check, so that you can reach the level of success that you want to reach, you know, in whatever your field may be. Um, I know a lot of people. We've been getting a lot of good feedback from a lot of people, and for us, this podcast is it. It's not about influencing a hundred thousand people on every episode, you know, like for us, it, it it's just for that one person that we can touch, you know, that one person that we can reach that one person that we can provide value to, uh, cause it only takes one person to, to make a change and make an impact. So again, guys, thank you so much for listening. We love you. We love your support. We do this for you. It, Also causes us, it forces us to have to grow because unless we grow, we can't continue to do this podcast and we can't continue to give you guys value. So uh just know that we are extremely grateful and we couldn't do this without you. So thank you for listening. And maybe next week, bro, we can we can tell them about what the what the next book is gonna be. Um, but they got to come back and see, so.
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all. We'll see you guys later. Have an amazing day, keep growing. and just know ego is oh, that sounds great. Ego is the enemy, so don't let it take over. We hope that you guys enjoyed this week's episode of the of Deep podcast. We're so happy that you decided to join us this week. As we go forward, we just ask that you continue to share your thoughts with us, message us on Facebook, on Instagram, wherever you can find us on our social platforms. If you have any questions, also feel free to ask them there as well. As we go into this next week, I hope that you guys are able to just take the lessons that we've shared today, the experiences that we've shared today, and apply them to your own life so that you too can be able to enhance your own personal experience. Don't forget to be the most vulnerable version of you and just remember that you do matter and you have a story to share as well. We'll see you guys next time.